0: What's up everybody and welcome back, Uh, uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast, you've not heard that for a while have you, I hope you're all well, I'm great, thank you for asking, Uh, you've not heard that one for a while have you, we've been a bit of a way, so uh, I'll give you the full rundown of why I've not done a podcast in a while, I know we often do these, why has Josh not done a podcast in a while, there's a different reason this time. Normally, it's I'm too busy or I'm not in a mental place to be talking to a fucking microphone for 40 minutes on my own. <laughs> this time, this time, uh, on Wednesdays, which is my usual day off in the week, I have Wednesdays off and Sundays off when I, uh, off training. Now, naturally, on the Sunday, uh, my girlfriend wo- has a, a normal job. <laughs> I say normal job does, is not like self employed. She works for, for a company. So therefore, um, you know, her weekends are sacred, because she will work from 8am till 6pm every single day. So, Sunday I don't like to do a podcast, just because it's our like lazy day, we'll roll in bed and watch movies all day, pretty much, and I don't want to uh, affect that. So, on Wednesday is my only other day that we can do stuff. Now, for those guys who have been following on the Instagram, you would have seen flickers of the BBC in a new building, or in a new podcast building, so... We are going to be launching a new podcast. We've already recorded three or four episodes. I think, I think it's three. Uh, we had to miss this week, last week just because of uh, an incident, and today we haven't got a book. So next week we're going to be filming again. So every Wednesday, we will be recording a BBC podcast. I'm not going to tell you the name of the of the. Um, I'm not going to tell you the name of the podcast. I'm not going to tell you what's gonna be on it, you're just gonna to have to wait and see because we've been in the background, we've been getting logos done, we've been kind of get securing the channels, we've been securing, you know, Instagram handles and just trying to make sure that we come at this one hundred percent. And we are renting a podcast room. So like it's a real big podcast room. We've got three mics set up. We've got four mics there for when we want to bring in guests. We have four cameras set up. It's gonna be a high value production. And this is the, probably the first time any of us have said that. Publicly, we've kind of been a little bit candid on on YouTube, but I know uh, on YouTube and Instagram. But I know that uh, I like to give the podcast guys a little bit of a treat because it's a little bit more of a, of an investment into me, into us. I'm currently licking the tip of a joint to seal it, so that is why I'm going to be going silent infrequently in this podcast and taking breaths because I will be smoking a Jeffrey. Something different. That's me. Fuck it. Uh, so yeah, we've got a podcast room. It's fucking lovely, and uh, we've done three podcasts, like I already said. And we're going to be touching on. <laughs> I already said I'm not going to be talking about that stuff. And now I go losing my train of thought. Um, but it's going to be really good. Like, and we are very excited. But that happens on the Wednesday. That is all. We're like, we have to travel for that. So we take like it's not just a. It's a commitment, and we want to do one every single week, uh, in indefinitely. So it is a big commitment. Uh, it takes me like an hour to get there. We film for two hours, takes me an hour to get back. So it's a big portion of our day. Which also, when I've got to work, I've got to do the one of my stuff. It, it just takes away that ability to podcast for me. So I'm going to try and find another day that I can fit my own podcast on. But just know that you will have some three-way content from the BBC very, very soon. And it's honestly, it's been something that we have talked about personally between us uh, in our private chats. Obviously, you guys only see what we put out, but we talk obviously every day. And like personally, it's something that I've really, really looked forward to. It's, it's something that I wanted to do with my own podcast, was kind of step it up. But the issue is, with my own podcast, is it's quite hard to justify paying for a room. I mean, I mean, I don't really worry about paying for the room because it upgrades the the value. But then you've got like cameras, mics. You pay. I don't even know how much we pay. I think it's we probably pay about four hundred pound a month or something. Let's say for this podcast room for my hour, and it's just me. Like it's it's it doesn't it doesn't feel right if it's just me. Maybe maybe when the day comes that I've got a warehouse with a studio room, and maybe we can put a podcast room, and then I can do my own podcast on film and, and whatnot. Because otherwise, that investment is quite hard for me to justify uh, for myself. Where but whereas all three of us, the views technically should be at least double, uh, we can obviously do clips, we can, like, it's, it's. there's going to be a return on investment, you know, whereas if I do it on my own, the return on investment isn't necessarily there just yet, Um, in terms of, like, weighing up the pros of doing that and then, like, the inconveniences of getting there, paying for it, uh, having to edit it all, having to upload it in clips, having to find clips as well, like, that is quite a process, Like, we're going to have to employ someone for the podcast with BBC. We're going to have to employ, eventually, at the moment Tom's doing it, but there's going to be a point when Tom's going to get sick of hearing all three of our voices. Uh, And, like, he's, you know, we're going to need someone who can grade it, because they're Sony cameras. We're going to need someone who can, you know, play with the mics, you know, if there's too much boom in one of them, or we have to deal with Brightman or my low-toned voice. Uh, so there's a lot of input into a podcast. There's sometimes, like For me, I've got every single setting on this podcast set up in my own room where I can just click go and talk. And everything sounds bloody lovely. Uh, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more raw. Uh, you get a lot more raw files like that you have to kind of tweak to make them perfect. And there's going to be a point where we're going to have to employ someone. So there's a lot of investment is what I'm trying to say. Um, but otherwise, like, update on me. I'm feeling good. Life is good. Life ain't too bad at all. Um, what am I going to say? I think like other than the usual of, like, I'm feeling good, I'm pretty tired of training, um, we are trying to go on holiday, which has been the bane of my life right now, the bane of my life. So, obviously, we're in that position where... Um, the Omnicron. Also, what's funny? Anyone who's listening, who knows the Omnicron, Om Omicron, or Omnicron, or whatever the fuck it is, the the variant, the new variant coming out of apparently is not coming out of Africa. I've I'd said that on my story, and a lot of people corrected me. They discovered it in in South Africa. So, Uh what's funny is is that Omnicron is an anagram for moronic, as well as No Crimbo. <laughs> I <laughs> absolutely killed me. I saw a TikTok, and it was just some fucking Northern. I was like, "You having a fucking laugh, Boris?" And he starts like writing out the letters. He's like, "No fucking grimbo." <laughs> um. So obviously, that is you know somewhat uh, being considered around like we start started putting countries on the red list around Africa, and it seems to be that it's the Southern African countries that are being put on there because race, uh, because race. Because Boris is racist and clearly just like, he's like, oh, it's coming (laughs) Africa discovered it? Let's ban Africa from coming in. Like, no, no, they just discovered it, brother. Um, So they're going to start like, you know, who knows what they're going to do. Hopefully it blows over and this Omicron is absolutely fine. And whatever, we're still if you're vaccinated, it's still fine and, and blah blah. It's basically just another Delta and Delta's kind of disappeared now. That would be ideal if they just wake up tomorrow and say that's fine. But odds are that's not going to happen. They're going to start banning other countries. And we have a, me and my girlfriend have a holiday booked for a week today for 11 days in Mauritius. And those of you guys who are geography students, you know that Mauritius is off the east coast of Africa. So Boris, being the racist bastard that he is, is probably going to go, oh, let's just ban the whole of Africa. Let's ban the whole of Africa. So, you know, I don't know the odds of, of Mauritius going on that red list, but if it goes on that red list, we have to pay two and a half grand and also 10-day mar- mandatory quarantine in a government hotel. So there's a lot of issues with that. Number one, I would have been off for uh, 10 days, so I'm peak blast right now. I'm fine taking 10 days off, I need a, I need a rest anyway. Like, but that's not 20 days, I ain't taking 20 days off. Like, I'm not taking 20 days off, uh, no matter what. So, you know, it's either going to be the case of we risk it for the biscuit and... We come back home and it's a red list and I will fucking walk home if I have to. Because I'm not going to a fucking government government hotel. I'll pay the fine. Um, But also, you know, it might be alright. Like, Mauritius is highly vaccinated. It's 80% vaccinated. Which seems to be what they're putting on the red list is countries that are uh, like under vaccinated or like 20% vaccinated. Because the, the increase in spread can be obviously a little bit higher. I think Mauritius is obviously quite an expensive place to go, so I'm hoping that there's some kind of we don't want to we don't want to piss off the rich people type of bullshit. Um, hopefully Boris has got a holiday there, but honestly, it's all up in arms, and it's a very expensive holiday. And we've not been on holiday for like a holiday for like over a year, so you know we put some money into this because we wanted to have a really really nice time, and we have until it's the first of December. We have until seven p.m. today in order to make the decision of. Yeah, we're gonna go or not, and then if we cross over till tomorrow and they make it a red list, we lose thousands of pounds. So it's a little bit of a ball ache right now, and I need a holiday. So we're like, do we cancel it? Do we try and change it to somewhere else that's not off the coast of Africa? Do we just risk it? Like it's fucking annoying, and it's not what you want to do when you're on a, when you want to when you want a holiday. But either way. You're gonna hear that as well. Lovely. Write them for all my non-smokers. You ain't gonna have a clue what that period of time was there. So I put out some questions onto the old story, and we're literally just gonna go through them and I'll answer them. Um, there's a lot of things to cover. I'm only gonna pick like some of the really good questions. Like I can't answer all of them. It's quite hard to answer all of the questions. Because there is thousands. But we'll go in order. um, And we'll just wing it as we go. So, can one get shares in Wanamar? Wanamar is my company. You cannot get shares in it. I think you have to go public. I don't know what that means or what that entails. But no, you can't get any shares in Wanamar. Um, I've had people like... Oh, that was loud. I've had people message me saying, like, can I invest? Can I give you, like, a loan... In return for shares and stuff, but I'm at that period of time where I want to grow this baby myself. I want to grow this into, like, a a beast. And then maybe, like, when there's some pretty good value behind it, then it makes sense. But, like, I don't think that going public is really ever a good idea, personally. Like, Gymshark did it at a billion, right? <laughs> they had to be worth a billion for them to go public and you can start selling shares and liquidating shares and whatnot, so... Uh, No, you can't. Win physique Olympia natural or classic Olympia enhanced, which are you picking? That's a really good question, dude. That is a really good question. If I could win the men's physique Olympia naturally... Ah, it's hard. It's really hard. I was going to say that I would take that over it, but there's something... And I, don't, I really, really don't want to glorify this. But there is a feeling when you're on testosterone and whatever. When you're on anabolic steroids, when you're really lean, that you just have this look. And it's like, fuck. It's like you just feel fucking anabolic. You're bulbous, you're fucking hard, you're grainy. If I could achieve that same feeling naturally and win the Men's Physique Olympia... I feel like I'd be happy with it, and I would be absolutely fine to do that. It'd be really, really cool to do, um, and also you wouldn't be fucking killing yourself. Well, you would be, but not as like severely. You know, like you, it's still not good to bodybuild. It's still not good to push your body like super, super lean. But it's much better than if you're sticking needles in your ass five times a week and putting you know grams of oil in you. So uh, I would say the Olympia, the Men's Physique Olympia. That's a fucking good question, man. That really got me thinking then. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna proceed to ask that question to people as well. Um What daily sups do you recommend for natties? So I generally sorry, you're gonna have to deal with me breathing in every now and again. I realise how hard it is to smoke a joint on a podcast with one person, but it is what it is. Um what daily supplements would you recommend for natty? So I I generally would say uh creatine. And then that would be pretty much it. And then my advice around that would be take whatever you aren't nutritionally covering. So, do you eat enough citrus fruit? No. Okay, have some vitamin C. Do you get enough sun outside? Probably not it's winter. Okay, some vitamin D. Do you eat enough fish per week? Yeah, I have fish two, three times a week. Okay, cool. Maybe you don't need an omega. You know, so I would. that's how I would personally look at things if I was... Uh, natural would be like, let me try and cover this nutritionally. Let me try and cover this with food. And then uh, look at supplementing afterwards. I think that would be good. Mm. One GH fasted in the morning along with 200 meg of tests per week. Is that enough for 105 kilos? So, steroids aren't really... If you've never used steroids, your weight doesn't really need to come into it. The only time your weight would start coming into it is when you've kind of done a few cycles. And I would say, personally, if you're going to start working towards being an IFBB pro or a uh, whatever, you have very high competitive goals, then it would make more sense to be working maybe off your, your kilograms. You know, your androgens per kilograms. And there are some pretty good... Uh, You know, I'm going to answer this specific question, then I'm going to deviate. So, uh, one IU of GH is probably not enough. I'd probably start at two. Do one fasted, one before bed. Uh, 200 mega test, if you've never used test, is a very, very good start point. If you've used test multiple times, start at 250. That's pretty much my gauge. I like to start people at 250, because it's a really nice round number. Uh, It gets... Not because it's a really nice round number. uh, Because it's like nearly five times your natural testosterone you usually would produce maybe between depending how big your balls are like 50 to maybe 80 milligrams of testosterone per week naturally okay there's some outliers who may do 100 or whatever but you know 250 is a really big increase on where your natural level lies uh, and then obviously you can layer on to that but yeah if this is your first one do two IUs of growth one in the morning one before bed 200 mega test per week that's more than enough if you've never used anabolics before and then moving a little bit more specifically into those androdons again, so for me, and for, let's say, mm, I'm not going to say all my clients, because a lot of them are still newbies. And no, n- I don't mean newbies in a disrespect, I mean newbies, they're new to steroids, right? They've They've done one to three cycles. And remember, a cycle could be 16 to 20 weeks. So they've been on gear for potentially a year, right? And there will be people who are more competitive, there will be people who have bigger aspirations, and there will be people who have uh, smaller aspirations, so uh, I have people who who are potentially on the lighter side, for example, like between 80 and 90 kilos, no offense to anyone who's less than that, by the way, they're on steroids and they've been training for a while, Um like, for that, for that type of person, I probably wouldn't be calculating so much on androgen per kilogram. Because you're probably in the position where you're going to grow regardless. Like, if you're on more than, like, what you're naturally producing, you're going to grow regardless. But if you're someone who's like, for me, for example, I'm 120 kilos now. I've been on gear for, th- this is my th- uh, third year. This is my third year, literally. Two days ago it was three years, or three days ago it was two years. Three years, Sorry. I'm at that point now where I've been exposed to androgens. I've been exposed to a multitude of androgens. I've been exposed to high doses. I've been exposed to medium and low doses. It's probably at the point now where if I was to just to go in at 250 tests, I would grow, but it would be m- increasingly harder for me to grow because of the muscle mass I have. So, te- like, really, the more muscle mass you have, the more total milligram is going to matter. Um, so, for example, um, I have some guys who are maybe between 80 and 30, and you can see that... Sorry, 80 and 90, and you can see that genetically, like, they're not going to explode. Because we've we've run cycles, they put on 10 kilos, and, and some of it was body fat, right? You know, I've also had some guys who have run cycles, they put on 15 kilos, and they look leaner. Like, they are people who p- perhaps aren't genetically responding as well as other people. Um, and those people, I would much rather keep on lower doses until they're at the point where they warrant it, for example. Which is, which is, it's kind of hard to say without, like, seeing the physique. Like, you can see someone who is fucking well-muscled. If you are well-muscled, you're going to need more gear. Like, that is that is pretty much the gist of how I've learnt over the years. Like, as I've got bigger, I'm gonna need more gear because you need higher exposure to antigens. But if you're someone who, you, perhaps you start steroids at 19 or 20... And, and and you aren't going crazy, you're not fucking exploding to the point where you look unnatural, because you've got to think, right? I started taking steroids at 26, or no, sorry, 27, uh, sorry, <laughs> you can tell I'm getting fucking high now. Let me take another take. I started steroids at 25, yeah? So I'd been training for six, seven years, on and off, granted, but like, you know, at least four of those pretty well. Uh, and I was at that point... Where physically, like, you could see that I had what it takes to compete. And I've been and I've obviously been competing over those, like, seven years. But I've been training for seven years. Like, there's a lot of muscle there. Regardless of regardless how big you look, there's a lot of strong muscle there because you've been training for seven years. But if you've got someone who's been training a year, two years, and they're on steroids, like, for them to get to where I was after seven years of natural training, like, they're still going to, like you're not going to jump on steroids and then just leapfrog me in 6 months because i've been training for seven like it takes time still so for someone who's young or maybe not been training as long as, you know, 5 6 years like you're going to have to go through that process of looking natural for a while and there's no need like the last thing you want is to be absolutely hammering the gear and trying to chase a physique that's still achievable and natural so i'm much more of the opinion that you could just be much lower And just, like, let's just accumulate this, like, at a proper rate. Like, you need to earn this tissue still. Um, And then, obviously, you can achieve the high androgens. But I I also have guys who, you know, I have one guy, Connor Launder. I don't actually know if he says this publicly. So, sorry, dude. But he is, uh, he's, like, 19, maybe. He's been on cycle for, maybe, he's on his second cycle at the moment. So, it could be, like, uh, coming up to a year now. But he has exploded he is a super responder. He is someone who has who is probably like he probably couldn't achieve where he is right now naturally or maybe he could but it would take like 6 7 years because he's just responded so well. You know, so you, you, there's no like there's never going to be a fixed figure um for for what to take but once you get to that point where you're well muscled let's say you're 100 kilos. Uh, obviously if you're super short 90 kilos is going to be pretty heavy for you. You know you can then start working off this like androgen to you know kilogram ratio, and like there are some general constraints like it's gonna matter on your risk to reward ratio but like I generally would start people at like eight milligrams per kilogram you know that's a pretty it's a pretty good place to start so if I'm a hundred kilos you know eight hundred milligrams would be would be solid it'd be a good place to start or or a good or a good place to to finish. The higher you go at that scale, you know, let's say you're amateur. 8 milligrams is pretty good. 800 milligrams, like, of, of total androgens. So, maybe you've got 300 tests and 500 pre or, you know, 300, 300, 100 or something. You know, whatever it is. Um, that 8 milligrams per gram is a good place to start. Like, a, as a an amateur competitor. And I'm talking about someone who's already had an off-season on-cycle, for example. But as you creep up the ranks... Maybe you start achieving top threes and top ones, you know, maybe you win a few regionals and you're fighting for that overall And you think, okay cool, maybe my risk to award ratio goes to 10 milligrams now You know, so you've got to creep to 10 And then maybe you achieve, you know, very very close to an IFBB Pro and you think, oh, you know what I need to get a little bit more in so I can become an IFBB Pro And Maybe you creep to 12 Maybe you know, you're an IFBB Pro and you start out, you do 14 And then maybe you want to get that top three, alright, let's try one six, you know, 16 But obviously, 14 makes you grow, 12 makes you grow. This is per kilogram, of course. You know, 16 is going to make you grow. It's just like, as you support more muscle mass, you need a little little bit more. So, I probably wouldn't want to see too many people go above, like, 20. I think that's pretty fucking hard. Like, you'd have to be pretty pretty humongous for that, and you'd have to warrant a lot of that. But that doesn't mean that you should go creep up quicker. It doesn't mean that you should go creep up to 12, just because Josh has said 12. You know, in my off-season, for example... The moment I'm using mm, like 1,200 milligrams, total milligrams. That's only 10 milligrams per kilogram. I'm 125 kilos, so it's actually like 9.7 or something. You know, And I won't need to go much higher than that just because, you know, we've got to think about the, the prep season again and, and going from there. So anyway, that was a long-winded one. Changes. Changes in calories in a bulk during a deload week. I, I personally run training days and non-training days, so I have training day food, which is probably like five to a thousand calories more, and then non-training days, which is five to a thousand calories less, mostly in carbohydrates. So when I deload, like the the rest day food is still going to be enough for you to recover. It's still going to be enough for you to to be able to progress your next session. So you know, I would literally just run rest day food because it shouldn't be so low that you can't recover, and it should be right around maintenance or maybe just above if you're in a surplus. Uh, have you watched Greg's video on Brandon's Cycle? If so, what do you think? Uh, so I haven't seen either video yet. I saw it pop up on my YouTube the other day, but I like we're coached by the same person, so I would imagine I've not seen it. I'm, I'm going to go watch after the close I close out. I imagine he would have started on something like 250 test, maybe like four, maybe 500 primo, give or take 50 milligrams. Probably, probably 500. Um, and then I'm sure he'd be using growth hormone, um, and I don't know whether he'll be using, like, an MPP or a trend. like, I use trend, but obviously very low dose, so maybe he'll use either of those, maybe none of those, and he'll just taper that up, which would be really, really good. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. I imagine Greg, I imagine Greg would agree with it. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what approach Greg took, but... I imagine that he would agree with it, because Brandon, obviously, his cycles have started, started to change since he's been with Cal. And I know that a lot of what Cal says is largely agreeable with, like, the uh, the Greg set cycles or, or the more place, more date cycles. So, yeah, I'd say it's, it's much more agreeable, so I imagine they've probably got no issue with it, have they? I don't know. I'll have to go look after this. Um... Do you plan on having children? How will performing arts and drugs affect this? Um, I don't really plan on having kids. Um, and I would say that... Um Would I, would I say that PEDs affect... I would just say that there's probably a small chance. There's probably a small chance that PEDs will have an effect. But I know people, I say people, Ronnie had like fucking five kids on cycle. I think Dorian had both his kids on cycle. Uh, there's a lot of people that have their kids on cycle, so it's very, very difficult to know. Um, what to do if you can't get a legit Primo master stack with tests for a growing cycle? Don't, don't do it. If you can't source it, you should never be doing it, because what happens if you need something to adjust estrogen, or if you need something to adjust prolactin and you can't get it? Just don't do it, in my opinion. Or go somewhere where you can. Uh, What advent calendar have you got? I don't do advent calendars. Even when I was a child, before I knew about nutrition, I didn't really want to fancy... I didn't fancy starting my day with a chocolate, so... Yeah, I've never really, uh... Never really, um... I never really had one, honestly. Oh, here we go. Everyday Instagram posts of medium quality, or three times per week of high quality. Uh, If you had to choose, like, obviously you should just try and make sure everyone's high quality, but... Uh, if you had to choose, I would definitely say showing up every day would probably make a bigger difference. Um, especially in Instagram, like the algorithm that really treats pretty much any social media. The algorithm treats people who use it a lot. So I would always say turn up every day. When's the BB podcast being released? Uh, probably New Year. We're probably going to do it in the New Year. We wanted to get and get a few uh, a few uh, a few episodes deep, so we can have some backlog for any time that we can't can't show. up. Well, we're all busy people, like. I've got things that are non-negotiable Sometimes that pop up Um So You know if we have Like for example Uh I'm going on holiday next Wednesday So I probably can't do a podcast So You know there's things like that That we have to consider To back up we don't. So we've always got something every day Uh I'll be more or G more Pure Uh G, G more pure every day As our RuneScape reference Um Best way to stay on top of Regain kidney health uh, You're not going to regain Kidney health Kidney is uh Non-regainable, it's it can't recover liver is very resilient it can recover quite well But your kidneys actually can't so you got to take care of them boys um, I would say you want to get your telmisartan and it's very renal protective uh, Not using crazy drugs that aren't renal that are renal uh, toxic uh, You can look at astragalus you can look at controlling your blood pressure all around as well And that would help um, Long-term plan after bodybuilding um, I would say I'm just trying to earn as much money as I can, which is kind of cool because I actually just do what I love at the moment. Like I'm progressing my 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 career, which is my number one thing, my men's physique career, my bodybuilding career, first and foremost. And I don't have to sacrifice anything for it, which is really nice. Um, but if I can make enough money through that process, I don't know when I'll quit, but if I can make enough money in that process to put enough away to... Live off interest to get enough in. I mean, I imagine there's probably a lot of fucking money and I got a lot of saving to do. But yeah, it'd be nice just to be able to earn a very good wage off compound interest and be able to kind of do whatever I want. Maybe have a house or two. And yeah, I think that's probably. But who knows how that's going to work out. I might get bored real quick. Who's better, Vegeta or Kakarot? Kakarot's obviously better, but I do love Vegeta. I do love. Uh, Visita. what are your parents thoughts on steroid use we've I've answered this too many questions too many times So I've actually got like some podcasts on it with both of them. So you can definitely go back and check those out uh, How and where to a lot of people ask me this how and where to buy Tamasata if you can't get it prescribed a drug dealer, brah I don't know who I don't know where I don't know anyone who you can get it from But a drug dealer like someone who sells steroids will probably have this so you have got to be very very conscious of that uh, do you struggle for content ideas? I definitely do. I definitely do. It's quite hard to uh I when you've been doing it for a long time as well. Like it's quite hard to uh continually come up with something fresh, so you do often have to revisit, reinvent, but it is it is extremely hard especially when when you want to post every day on Instagram, post three times a week on on YouTube, you know, try and get TikToks like uh, uh, it's hard to think of stuff like so sometimes I'm like right let's do this TikTok, and then like for the last two weeks I'm like I literally just can't think of anything. So I need to kind of make a put a bit more effort into it uh, How do you have abs at 120 kilos plus I'm bigger than you <laughs> I've been training for 10 years. I've been using steroids for three years I've got a lot more muscle than than people than most people but just not bodybuilders <laughs> But in specifics to the average person uh, we're literally just going to do a few more. Someone told me, don't say we're going to do a few more anymore. So I'm honestly just going to do it. Uh, and then I'm going to stop after whenever I want to stop. What is my go-to McDonald's meal? Is to drive in and then drive straight back out afterwards. Fuck that. <laughs> Plans for Xmas. Obviously, ho- hopefully the holiday. And then I'll go back home to my mum's house for the week. And then I'm going to my girlfriend's house for the week to see her parents for my birthday. Anyway, that's it. I'm done. Too many questions, too little time. Uh, It's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you for dropping back in, as always. And um, drop a rating. Let me know how you get on. And we'll speak soon, everybody. Bye-bye.